Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to The Shift. It's Des Bishop here with Katie Boyle, who is not at my side, um, but she is very much the star of the show for this next episode because she is the one that organized our chat today with Wendy Starling, who is a, a comedian that I just got to know uh, as a result of uh, making this episode, but uh, a good friend of Katie's, and I guess her unique angle is that she has been on the website seekingarrangements.com and has financed some of her recent life as a sugar baby, even though she doesn't like that term. Uh, seekingarrangements.com is a sugar daddy website. And we discussed that at length with her. It's a pretty lighthearted chat. And I'm sure uh, after the discussion, there will be plenty of people that will have many questions uh, and want to debate certain things, and that's totally fine. We will revisit the conversation. Uh, but for now, this is a very uh, fun, intimate, lighthearted chat with Wendy Starling. And uh, thanks to Katie for organizing it. And we will be back after the episode. Enjoy. Uh, let, let's let our listeners know who you are. Yes. yes. Oh, I was going to, oh, so <laughs> let me let you guys know who I am. So I'm a, my name is Wendy Starling, and I took a red eye from L.A. back to New York today, so I am extra loopy and very excited to be here. Which is great. Yeah, I'm a comic. And that's, I mean, whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> on podcasts, on podcasts, that's the only real qualification that you need. Right. I'm a comic with opinions. Right, not even that. You could just be like, I have a voice. At this point, there's so many podcasts. You're like, hi, my name's Wendy. I have a speaking voice. <laughs> okay, but here's, here's the unique thing about uh, this podcast. There are plenty of Irish podcasts, but really this is the first, certainly one that I know of, that focuses on sort of sex and dating. Well, particularly the sex part. There right. may be some Irish dating podcasts, but we, we think this is the first like very much sex-focused uh, podcast. Yeah, because I've seen love ones, but not... Boo. Boo. Who cares about love? Yeah. Love, it's, full, it's fake. <laughs> Love's not real. You know what is yeah, real? Well, A big old dick in your face. <laughs> that is terrifying. <laughs> Katie hasn't got to the big dick in the face no. stage. <laughs> so here's the other unique thing about our sex podcast. It's really, it's, it's, it's a it's journey mar- of discovery for Katie. <laughs> it's marketed towards catholic people Wendy. so if you could <laughs> calm down it's a big dig in your face through a sheet through a hole in a sheet is that judaism no that's judaism i don't know jesus christ we have about 10 of them in ireland we just wear crosses <laughs> for texas i still wear my cross but you know so it, i that's what des was saying about how it being a journey like for me i was 
saying a lot in the podcast about just learning stuff since I came over here but actually I don't know if I was saying this to you Des I when I met Wendy uh, a few years ago and you had been talking about seeking arrangement and I'd never heard about that before and yeah. you were talking about it on stage and gave such a positive outlook of it whereas for me that I I guess I wouldn't have Un- even understood about it before so right I well that's that the thing about you is that katie's so like she's so innocent and that's like you're known like around with the new york comics is like oh the is katie that right? Boyle is just the sweetest most innocent angel just like everything's great everything's <laughs> lovely yeah i might be a little bit innocent but hopefully by the end of this i will be a big slut <laughs> yeah or at least you can talk like a big slut and to be fair a lot of times the more quiet do you know, it's like they always say, be careful of the quiet people. Like serial killers are always like super friendly. Do you know, so like the girls that are very innocent are normally like really in a dirty shit. Uh, you know, and then sometimes people like me real mouthy. Maybe, maybe it's all a lie. Maybe yeah. I'm lying and that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I've, done, I've done everything and stuff no one will ever hear about. And I'm not into, I'm not into dirty stuff yet. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't have to, it have to be dirty. But like, yeah. I mean, to be fair, like. Bodies, I don't even like the term dirty anyway. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, but look, this, we, we shower, I shower before and after I fuck. Um, so it's not, but to be, let's be fair, like having sex is fun, but like, it is kind of gross if you really break it down. So oh, all yeah, sex, yeah. even romantic sex is like, but, but you're going to put what, where? A lot of fluids. But that yeah. is true actually about the innocent, because when I am having sex with someone that I'm comfortable with, it's sort of, okay, let's try whatever, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So no. And I wouldn't think of it as needing to shower afterwards. I'm like, Ooh, it smells good. <laughs> yeah. Well you afterwards, well, it depends on the person. So and it depends maybe. on if you have another date right afterwards. Hello. That's a prostitution reference. I've only done, <laughs> <laughs> I've only had that happen a couple times where I had to see like two sugar daddies in the same day. And that's, uh, Oh really? Yeah. Double booked. Yeah. And you had to sleep with both of them. Yeah. I mean, I like it anyway. I mean, but I like to fuck. So like I um, and Katie knows this about me, so I'm not. And Des, it's so nice. Uh, hey, nice to meet you. I'm so tired. Well, I knew about it. I mean, if you didn't talk about it, I'd be like, what the fuck is she doing here? Yeah, <laughs> no, so I mean, it's just another person that's had sex. Right. <laughs> we we, we now, need we need something juicy here. Right. And guess what? I'm a real juicy bitch. <laughs> um, I do you know I've had, but I was always like that before seeking. And I actually so seeking arrangements is a sugar daddy website, and I. Before I signed up for it, in the last two and a half years since I've been on the website, I exclusively dated people that I met through the site. So in the last two and a half years, even though on paper it sounds very salacious that it's like, oh my God, people are giving you money to be their girlfriend and fuck them. That's, and it is very, like, it is kind of a fun. I've actually had way less sex in the last two and a half years because you see someone, it's an agreement and it's a relationship, but so you see someone like once a week, maybe, maybe a couple times a month. Whereas before that, because I just love fucking so much. I was just, I would have sex with whoever, whenever, because I'm just like, yeah, this is fun. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. And so then, you know, but when you start to monetize your pussy, you really, <laughs> you know, you take better care of it. It's like anything. When Yeah, you got to protect the asset. Exactly. Once money's involved. Oil change, service. Oh, sister. <laughs> the oil change, oil check. I mean, it's all a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, so how did you, how, how did it initially get into your mind that this would be a good idea to do it? So seeking arrangements, I actually, I signed up for it as a joke. Uh, and this is something that I feel like I have to clarify, even in conversations with people, but I have, or with, uh, because being a sugar baby, like the sugar dad, and a sugar baby, I feel dumb using that term because I'm 37, so I'm not like a child. Um, but it's tech, it's not not sex work, right? So since I started talking about it on stage, I've talked to sex workers and you get, and there's, so I do have to clarify, I didn't start doing this until I was almost 35 years old. So my whole life I'd worked in grocery store, like worked at least one full-time and one part-time job, like manual labor, lifting boxes in grocery stores 
So I've always done that kind of stuff. I've never some chick, a lot, you know, a lot of chicks are just like, I'm really hot. I'm just going to get a guy to take care of me. I was just <laughs> like, I am moderately okay looking. I better get a skill and a personality. So I was never someone that was like, I'm going to just marry a guy and, you know, right. I always took care of myself. Um, but I moved to New York and I moved to New York like three and a half years ago. And I was working full time at Whole Foods Market and doing shows at night. And so you have this crazy schedule, right, where you're running around. And with the trains, just with work, it's like a 60-hour work week. And I had a roommate leave just at the last minute. This guy, three-bedroom place, he goes, I'm leaving. And so I, I had two weeks to come up with 1500 bucks to cover his portion of the rent and security. Otherwise, I was going to be homeless. So, or like, I was like, what? The, I just moved here. I, like, this is where I feel like I have to be for comedy. I'm like, I can't. What am I going to do? So I was drunk. I was at the creek and I was just, you know, complaining about it to people and a friend, people, you know, just talking shit. My friend goes, oh, you should, you should be like sex worker. You should sign up for seeking arrangements. You can like fuck. And I was like, we're laughing, but I, I'm like, I would do it right now. But did you know about seeking arrangements already? <laughs> Never heard of it. Oh, you hadn't heard of it right until no. that time. And I was like, I'm like, sure. I'd fuck for money. I'm doing it anyway for free. You know, whatever. Just talking shit. And I drunk filled out the profile and I kind of forgot about it. I ended up booking very kind of serendipitously a stand-up gig, a random, a guy booking a show in Texas who was essentially told me, tell me how much money you want, saw me at a bar gig, and he flew me out, and I came back to New York the day my rent was due with 1,800 bucks cash. So, so that, how many days from when you signed on to? So the seeking arrangements, I didn't meet any, I signed up for it two days later, this comedy, this guy showed up and he's like, hey, I got a gig for you. So I didn't have to fuck for rent. Oh, right. I okay. got you. I got That's you. Sorry, good. I misunderstood right? that. So I ended up getting the money I needed from stand-up. So to me, I was like, That's the universe being like, you made the right decision, right? Comedy's yeah. what you're supposed to do, not just like be a cum dumpster or whatever. Um, but so I didn't date anyone on there, but I had the profile up. So I started getting messages and I would ignore them because a lot of them are creepy, like how much per hour? And I'm like, well, that's not really like I have a job, you know. Um, but then I was working so hard and I started getting these messages and just chatting back and forth. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going out with idiots on Tinder who make me pay for half the dinner and they're terrible fucks and they're gross looking. And I'm like, I, let me just try this. I'll just maybe at least if nothing else, I'll go get to go to a nice dinner and have someone pay for it. Yeah, that sounds really nice. Right. And so I'm like, so I started using it as just I was like, let me just try an experiment and date exclusively through this site. And some of the guys you go out to dinner and it's like not a connection. And so it's whatever. And it's not like you show up and you're trafficked into sex work. You know, there's no. Um, and then I ended up the first guy that I met that I really liked on there. We and we're still friends now. We were together for a year and a half. And he's like very, very wealthy. Um, one of like the in the top like one percent of Manhattan. Like he's super fucking rich and he's hot and he's cool. And he used to come to shows. So we it was a thing where we met and. He's like, I'm dating a few other chicks and he'd been married twice and he's super rich and he... When he says he's dating a few other chicks, meaning he met a few other people on Seeking Arrangements? Oh, or, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a thing. It's almost like people with that level of money, he, he knows that women are going to try to emotionally manipulate him to be like, I love you, marry me so I can take half your shit in 10 years. Yeah. He'd had that happen twice. And so he just doesn't want the hassle. So it's like... I'm just going to pay you when I want to hang out with you. You come over. We'll go to dinner, hang out. And you're just like a girlfriend for whatever period of time. And the second, it's not seedy like you show up in a hotel. Like yeah. It can be like that. But these are 
the guys that I met on there, I just had, it was like having a really cool rich boyfriend that if I needed money, they'd be like, here's money. Yeah. Here's what you need a phone. I'll t-. So and it, it was very interesting, this double life of being like the struggling comic in New York living, you know, in, a, in an apartment where the, wa- the plumbing doesn't work and you barely have, you're sometimes, you're scraping by, like, do I have enough money for food? But then I had Ubers, the, the first guy that I met, I, I had put his credit card on my Uber account. This is, I mean. This is the first guy, the first date you met, not the first connection. Yeah, the, so this is the first connection that I made. All oh, right. The first okay. time, a lot of times, like, you'll go out and if the guys, if they're legit, they'd be like, oh, here's cab fare and they'd give you like a hundred bucks for going to dinner with them. And so that was dope. even Even though it's just like, I'll see you later. Yep. They'd still just give you a hundred bucks. Yeah, just as like a thanks for your time, yeah. Like a tip. Yeah. A no, they wrote you a check and they sent you a dub. They're like, can I get your W-9? You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Wait a minute. That's a tax form, Irish people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Taxes. Someone asked me, they're like, how do you pay taxes? I'm like, first of all, fuck you. It's all cash. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. And stand-up comedy is the best way to launder money. Comedian or like musician, because you get paid cash in all your gigs. And people, people think we're getting paid for bar shows anyway. So you're just like, you just deposit a bunch of cash when you have to in your bank account and you'll just be like, ah, uh, the government, you're like, um, old man hustle. I get paid for every show I do there. Can the government <laughs> see what cash you're depositing? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Let's keep our eye on the prize here, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind the sex. I gotta go. What are you my, talking about? I gotta go do my taxes properly. <laughs> it goes into your account. If you put it in your account, they can see it. But I didn't think they could ever go look at it like that. Anyway. That's why you try not to deposit. We'll talk about this later. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah, talk yeah. about... Yeah, because I mean, I, everything I earn is above board. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. We don't want any bad tax stories getting up. I know. So... Um, so, oh yeah, so, but the first connection you had, he immediately gave your, his credit card on your Uber account? Yeah, because I was working, and I was running around, I was living in Queens at the time, and running around, and he goes, well, here, just, he goes, here, take my credit card, just put it, and just take cars. And I was like, okay. And then he gave me an espresso machine, which was great. Just gave that to you? Yeah, he's like, oh, I, he, he has this gorgeous, like, four-story penthouse in the city, and it was, like, the nicest place I've ever seen. I'm like, holy fuck. And I can remember, we went to dinner... So we went to dinner and then I had a show in Brooklyn. So we go to dinner and he's really hot. And we're at the bar. We we're just getting along. And I was like, man, this guy's fucking really cool. So I go, I'm like, all right, well, I got to go. I have a show. And he goes, stay for one more drink. And I'm like, no, I got to take the train. And he goes, here, I'll give you cab fare. Stay for one more drink. And this is when I was drinking and I could really handle my liquor. So I would had another drink and he gave me a hundred bucks for a cab. So I take a cab to Brooklyn. When I get done with my set, he's texting me from his apartment, pictures of him and his dick in his closet. He's like, I'll send a car for you. I want to see you. So he sends me, brings me to his apartment and it's just like kind of nondescript building. You wouldn't know. And I, it's a four and the elevator just opens up to each floor. Oh yeah. Oh. Like three men and a baby. I get fucking wet thinking about <laughs> a nice apartment. I mean, it's nice to have a nice apartment. And mm. so we get there and the doors just open up and we, he's like, I got to see you. And so then he's, I was like, I would have fucked him anyway, you know? And especially in New York, you're just like, you fuck someone with a view and it's like the same as cash, really, like in your heart. So we fucked. And then the next morning, the coffee, I was like, this is a great coffee machine. He goes, oh, do you want one? I have, he gave me one put me in a car home, gave me his credit card, and then I saw him the next day, and he's like, he goes, look, I'll give you money if you need money, but like, what would really help improve your life? So it's that kind of thing. It's not always just cash. Right. And that's when I was like, an Equinox membership. So that day, <laughs> he, this is great. He gave me, he's like, here's my credit card information. He went to the office, um, runs a hedge fund. He goes into the office. I went to Equinox, and I walked in, and I'm like, hi, and they're trying to like upsell you, and I was like, oh, no, no, I want the membership that I can go anywhere. And they were like, okay. And I'm like, here's a credit card. 
<laughs> and they're like, all right. And they called him in his office. And so I've had that for the last two and a half years. Oh, you're, you're still you're, using it. Yeah. But so. you're not still, you're not, is he, are you still on his like list? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's got great. other girlfriends and I was the main girlfriend and now, but now we, now we are friends. So like, I mean. You're, you've gone down the list of concubines? Yes. Yeah, so like, I was the, the, what we call in America. So Right. Well, we call in America the bottom bitch, which means you're the favorite hoe. Yeah. Oh, oh right. So we would go and then he wanted to, we were like, I would go like after shows, and there'd be other girls there and they would already have been fu- like, I'll, they would have been like having some orgy and he had like a box of like the best drugs you could ever imagine. Oh, he's, he's all into that too. Oh yeah. That's how these people stay awake and make all this money. Drug. Oh, it was, it was like a movie. It was like, I was like, I feel like I'm in a movie about New York. So, uh, yeah, you'd go. It was actually, in, in my mind, I was like, I'm going to be jealous because there are all these other girls. I was just about to ask that. How do you keep that separate? Those Well, it's a weird thing because in a normal relationship, I before this, this is interesting, I dated guys who were, I paid for most things. And they were kind of like would leech off of me and they were like uh, uh, borderline emotionally, like sometimes physically abusive. So I dated guys because I had low self-esteem. So I dated guys that would match how I felt about myself. Right. So I was like, I need to. I've always had this in my brain. I was like, I'm unattractive. I'm not good enough. So I need to when I date someone, I, I need to pay for them and I need to make sure I'm doing all these things to like make them so they need me. Right. So, and that's a very normal thing that I think a lot of people, men and women do, you know, and then you that leads to codependent relationships and. And so that was kind of my MO. That's how I operated. So what's so interesting with the sugar daddy thing, you're with these guys who are good looking, very successful and treated me nicer than anyone I've ever dated. I mean, like, like a princess. They're like, whatever you want. I love, we say, I love you. Cause it's once you're in the, once there's money involved, it's this weird thing where it takes away the guesswork of normal dating, right? Cause you go on a normal date. But can like, you totally control your emotions? Um, you have to. You have to be able to. Because I fall in love very easily. So I would probably be like, oh, they're giving me everything I need and want. I right. would find it hard to separate that it's a job in the end. Yeah. I mean, and you have to be like borderline sociopathic, maybe. It, 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 it's kind of emotionally fucks with you. Not kind. Of, I mean, it does. I'm realizing that now that I'm coming out of it and starting to try to like date normally where I'm not getting. It is a strange thing but what is interesting because it takes out the guesswork like a normal date you go out and you're like oh are we gonna kiss do we like each other do we whatever but in these scenarios you go out and if they if the it's essentially like if i like the guy and if he is attracted to me then you're like okay so we're doing this and so then you show up and there's none of the awkward like you go into it and it's like you behave as if you are in a relationship so it's immediately like, sweetie, like it's immediately PDA and, and making out. And like, there's no mystery. Like, you know what's going to happen. You know you're going to fuck. Yeah. Um, and so you get right. So you, in, you instantly, you go from meeting someone and then now very intimate and, not, and also emotional intimacy. So there's a lot of like hand holding and cuddling and you're, you've, it's a very, you're like manufacturing emotions of like affection and love it's does it bother you to put it in the category of girlfriend experience does that belittle it no i what's interesting too is it for me it trained me to be compassionate and kind and loving and what sounds backward what it was something that i did not expect would happen for me because i'm so self-conscious and i noticed this now recently just starting to like go out on like 
dates with non just regular people how self-conscious I am and I'm like I'm so ugly I'm gonna cancel or like you like they'll be looking at you and I'm like don't look at me I'm too I, I get I'm like oh my god this with the sugar daddies this that thing of being so self-conscious was gone because I'm like that's not you can't do that oh well I guess when you looked when it comes down to it they wouldn't pay you unless they found you attractive right and so, so it must be a confidence yeah boost. it is so you're like oh I feel valued um, not only is someone spending time with me, but they're spending money on me. And so then you just feel confident because you're being treated a certain way. And the fact that someone's paying you, it's. Is that a power dynamic that's interesting? Oh, or yeah. You like that? It is. Well, because then you flip back and forth because I think each party, like each thinks at some point, each, each party feels like they're in the power position, but then also simultaneously like they're being taken advantage of. Hmm. You know, because the guy could be like, the guy, you know, for the man or the, or the woman, the woman can pay, you know, woman can pay. But the person paying, it's a power thing because you're like, yeah, I tell you what to do. I fucking own you, which I can't, that's hot during sex, I think. The BDSM kind of the kink play, you can get into that. But but then also there's this weird thing of like, oh, wait, does this person really like me? Or like they're just pretending to like me because I'm paying them. You know, and so then there's a weird where you're like, oh, she's running it. And as the person getting paid, you're like, oh, this fucking idiot. I would have sucked his dick for, you know, an yeah. appetizer. <laughs> <laughs> I would have sucked your dick for a spring roll, sir. Yeah. Um, so then you feel like that's a power position. But then there's another thing where you're like, oh, wait a minute. Once it's over, you're like, oh, I'm not. I don't oh, matter. I'm a thing. I, it's, it's, like a, it's like a virtual reality relationship. It's like being in a video game, like playing house. So when you're together, the fun thing is within the parameters of the relationship, you're like, okay, I'm paying you. And so here's the agreement. While we're together, you show up on time. Don't be a bitch. We're not, you don't argue. There's nothing to argue about. So if they do something that bothers you, like it doesn't, it can't bother you because you're like, this is not someone where you're in a normal dating situation. You're, you're thinking someone eats weird or clicks their teeth on their fork and you're like, this is going to drive me crazy in 20 years. You know, <laughs> you're just like, I can't wait to fucking stab you with that fork. And then, you know, but in this situation, you're like, this is, this doesn't, this does not go beyond whatever time I leave. This doesn't go beyond tonight. So there's this f interesting freedom in just being able to enjoy um you know prostitution is very buddhist in this way <laughs> and do you consider yourself a pro like i mean i say it because it's funny and it's salacious but it's not if you break it down it's not not oh it's not not way, right it's not not prostitution not that it matters really right and so but you really are you focus on instead of when you're with the person thinking what does this mean do they really like me where's this going how can do i see this long term instead of all that when you're in that situation, you're just focused on in the moment with that person. And even with, and sexually, you're focused on just like touching. I notice I've become even more sensual because you're, it's very hyper-focused on it being present in the moment because that's all that that is. The relationship is just right there in that moment when it's happening. And it's interesting to be able to take that focus because it is, it's an, an emotional discipline. Yeah. So to be able to, and to listen to someone where normally you're like, fucking, I don't care, but it's like, you're getting paid, you know? Like you want to go back and lift boxes at four o'clock in the morning, then you fucking smile. <laughs> you act so like does you it feel like work though? Um, no, once you, it can afterwards, it can feel exhausting. And that's you. And that's, you see a lot of uh, people in sex work get addicted to uh, drugs, alcohol, food. You can see that you go downhill very quickly because I think there's part of the thing with sex work is especially now there where people have to be like, we love it. 
and it's great and we're not ashamed. It's like, okay, and that can be true, but also the reality is it's exhausting. It's really exhausting to give yourself emotionally to someone and receive someone's emotional, you know, baggage. And then you also are physically using your bot, you're physically taking someone into your body and, you know, so it's like when it's done, I used to, when I first started, because then you, you have a bunch of cash, you know, I get done seeing um, my dude, and even though it was great, you leave, but you know that it's like not real. Yeah. And so I would drink or do drugs or go eat something. More and, than before. Yes. And you notice a pattern where you're like, oh, this is self-destructive. And so I was like, I got to stop and just deal with the emotions that I'm feeling because that's going to be healthier. And so what I started doing when I quit drinking is I would, I would leave him or he would leave my place and I would just, I would just lay down for 30 minutes and put on a wave machine. And I was like, you just meditate for 30 minutes. Just lay down, just lay down, close your eyes and then kind of do like a reset for the day to be like, okay, so that was done. That was that. And now your regular life is you are a comedian and you have to work on the show that you're selling because it's hard. So it's like get up and work, but it's so it's really difficult to kind of, separate the two personalities because they're very different personalities you know like when i go on stage i'm not like trying to like seduce people be like <laughs> i love you okay so i have one silly question and one serious question the yeah. silly question is which is worse the feeling of dying on your hole on stage or the deflated feeling after uh doing a seeking arrangement Oh, I don't think that's a silly question. Oh, I oh a million percent stage. A million percent on stage. Is worse. Yes. Because I mean <laughs> I'll use that in the future when you get asked those stupid questions like, how does it feel to die on stage? It's like worse than being a whore. Right, yeah, it's worse than being a whore. It's worse than waking up alone with cum all over your stomach. <laughs> I, I'm joking. And the only thing you have to clean it up is a wad of hundreds. <laughs> And I mean wad. That's because sometimes it's in an envelope. Sometimes they throw it at you. Oh, my God. <laughs> but that's because probably you care about comedy more. And that's why you did yes. it. Like, I would do, to be honest with you, I, I'm still too innocent to do that. But I mean, I would do a lot to just focus on comedy. Like, I, you know, I came over here. And, you know, so yeah. I totally understand that love of, yeah. So right. that, makes, that makes sense. And it's an interesting thing, too, because with comedy, like, you have especially, I mean, men and women, but... You, I mean, to do stand-up, you're on stage and it's a power position. So you need to feel, even if your act is that you're sheepish or you're whatever, like you still, it's a power position. You're, you're, you're uh, dominating a room of people, strangers that you do not know and you're dictating, this is what we are talking about. And by we, I mean me. <laughs> so you guys shut the fuck up. You know, so you're doing, it, you have to be very confident. And that can be difficult from leaving, like when I would leave a date, and then have a set right afterwards, that's heavy, heavy meditative because you come from this deflated place of being like, okay, I feel like very used and like, what am I doing? And like, it's great, but then also you're like kind of in this emotionally raw place and then you have to go on stage and be confident and talk about, so that was very difficult. And so then, but I think, thank God for comedy, but to be able to talk about it on stage and then put myself back in a position of power mentally uh, was, was helpful. And it helps to, and it would help to keep the sugar daddy stuff in perspective to be like, this is not your life. This is a job. And it sounds really f cold hearted because I do the guys that I met in there that, that I dated, I actually do love and I care about and I'm friends with them still. In the, and, but it, but it, there's something about it where you're like, it is still, you have to think of it like a job. Otherwise you'll 
go insane. You yeah. know, you'll, you'll lose your mind. Do you judge them in any way? Um, yes, I judge how they order their bills. If the bills are not facing the same, I'm like, what a disorganized mess. <laughs> Money should always be in the same order. I worked as a cashier for years. Organize it. Make it facing the same way. Um, I don't really know. Yeah, you have no judgments about the fact that they think this is a, a better way to have a relationship or... No, because I mean... For me, it makes sense. Like at the time, you can kind of think gross, but then once you're in it, you're like, oh, this actually makes sense. And it works for them. And it's not always, because a lot of people are emotionally incapable of dating or having a relationship. And it's just easier. They're just like, this is easier for me. And it really is, especially when you have that much money, it's like seamless for pussy. You're just like, I feel like having this tonight and I don't have time to go out and get it and I'm busy. And so you can, you know, it's like, just like anything, you get anything delivered. You, if you want a massage with money, they can have a massage therapist show up. Yeah. You can have food Uber delivered. Pussy. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I don't judge it at all. Be, and it's actually, I actually respect it because it's, it's someone that knows this is what I want. I don't have time to bullshit. I'm not trying to bullshit you and pretend that I love you because it's dudes are always like, they're just trying to get laid. And so they'll, they'll say whatever they want, to, you know, whatever they can and make the woman feel like. You know, like, oh, I really love you and I'm really into you so I can, like, try to get pussy. And there's a lot of posturing and dating yeah. and the woman will try to act like, oh, I, all I want to do is fuck. I'm, like, super <laughs> fun. I just, like, love sucking dick and cooking, you know, or whatever. I but they're not really being honest with themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that's why I seem innocent when I come over because I don't say that. Right. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, I'll suck your dick on the fourth date. <laughs> See, and that's nice. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm dating. So I'm, I don't, I don't want to say dating. I've gone out with someone a few times and it's a non-paid situation. And he knows about my the past and um, he doesn't really give a shit. But it's interesting because we have not had sex. We've gone out five times. We go to dinner and then we go back to his place and he doesn't drink and we just like have tea and like hold hands. We and you don't want to have twice. sex with him? I desperately want to fuck him. And what, what's the... I don't know. We're just, it's kind of a fun thing for us because we've both had sex so much and we know the deal. Yeah. So it's not like we don't know what it's like, what sex is going to be like. It's like, good. it'll be fun with each other. But so it's kind of a weird thing to, for us to be like, this is a fun experiment to be like, let's just hang out. Especially if you really like each other, then it builds up excitement. Yeah. And it's really fun. And it's an interesting thing because we both have kind of, you know, have explored a lot sexually. And so we, there's no judgment with the other person. And so it's fun for us to be like, this is kind of, it's actually more intimate to sit next to each other on the couch or like to not, cause just, and not that sex is not special to me, but I don't. And that's, I think the other thing too, with doing like seeking arrangements or any kind of sex work, some people are f- for sure built for it mentally because it really is. And if you break, you also, you're like providing a service. I remember there's one guy that I met on the site because there were two guys that I met that were, there was like long-term relationships and then there were a few others that I met. And this one guy, it was one of the, and this is something that people don't think about when they think about sex work. He messages me. Um, and I'm like, no, he goes, look, I'm, I'm in town for like a weekend. And um, so we're going back and forth from another country. He's just like, he goes, I just got, um, I just got out of a divorce. And he's like, very sweet man, like very short, very unattractive, like, wi- like wildly unattractive. <clears throat> Excuse me, like, and just got out of, a, out of a divorce, had a couple kids, had ED, so his dick didn't work. And he hadn't had sex with his wife. He was so uncomfortable. Like, and I'm saying, like, like he had like a lazy eye. It was crazy. The sweetest man, 
And he just was like, I just want to practice dating. Oh, right. <clears throat> so that's so like a did. dating coach. So we went out. So he was in New York for the weekend and we went to dinner and we sat, we had dinner and we kind of, he was so nervous. Couldn't even make eye contact with me. But so we like went out to dinner and then he got, you know, he's in a, at a hotel and so we went back and we just watched TV and like had champagne and we just sat there and like, we didn't fuck the first night. We just hung out. And I was like, but it's a weird thing where this is the, this is one time where I was like, oh, I feel like this feels like an escort because I remember being like, if you want to kiss, like, but you're like, you're still like touching him and holding his hand and like, you know, caressing the back of his neck and his hair and just doing like loving things. And, but you have to be like, if you want to kiss, we can, whatever you want, we can do, you know? So you didn't have a, a, a rule for yourself that like, if you're totally not attracted to them in any way that you wouldn't do it. Um, kind of, but because this was like a one off, I was like, well, we'll go out to dinner and it's, but he was so nice and he was, we walked, when I met him, he gave me an envelope of cash before we went out to dinner. He goes, here, that's for you. Thank you. And I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. He goes, we don't have to do anything. We don't. He was so nervous. Uh, but how do you have sex with someone you don't find attractive? That's Well, we didn't even have sex. Well, you close your eyes <laughs> and you drink heavily <laughs> and you do cocaine. Okay. <laughs> full, full disclosure. So at the time, I mean, I was doing drugs and so like that helps. Um, but then also, you know, the, the, it's like a joke that I made a couple of times, but it's also very real. You're like, oh, this like, oh, this guy's gross. But then it's like, okay, you don't have to wake up and be on a train at four o'clock in the morning to go to a job and do manual labor. Yeah. So then all that, like your pussy gets real wet when you're like, wait, I don't have to get up on Monday. All of a sudden I'm very horny for whatever. So did you feel bad for this guy? I did. I felt badly for him and it was kind of, but so that was. So in that sense, like, I don't judge him because he's like, what, what else is he going to do? He's not going to go out and like meet somebody because he's uncomfortable. So he can't socialize. But people still, no matter how uncomfortable they are, or how people look or whatever they've gone through, like, people still deserve affection. And that's what sex workers a lot of times can provide. So people will use it for that. It's like getting a massage. People just want to be touched by someone. And if, you, if you're like, you feel ugly or grotesque or weird, it's like you don't, you know, not everyone is as good looking as the three of us, you guys. I mean, you know. We could go get touched right now. <laughs> I could go get touched any, any place I wanted to. And I'm talking about location or on my body. Um, I could, we could all get touched wherever, just whenever. Just walk outside, most people are getting touched in New York City, some way. Right, yeah, exactly. Whether they want to or not. Yeah. And then the second night, we went, out, we went out again and he, it was like, he couldn't get his dick hurt, but he was just like, I really want to go down on you. And I was like, Okay. And it was, you know, and it was, he didn't really know what he was doing. And I just kind of laid there and closed my eyes and it still, you know, it feels nice still, but it was like, but you, that, that time you felt like an escort sort of. Yeah. But like a cool escort because I got money and I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> I just got to lay down and get my pussy licked. So if, so, so say some, uh, 22 or 23 year old is listening to this right now and she's thinking jesus that sounds great don't do it you're too young <laughs> oh, well Sorry. no but uh, seriously like what okay so i won't put an age on it but say somebody's listening to this and they're going you know what actually i think i think that sounds somewhat appealing to me what do you say to them um i would say don't do it when you're younger because i even at my age having taken care of myself most of my life um, I, you see how easy it is to get wrapped up in quick money. Like it's quick, easy money. So that's something that is good. So like, for example, no, I, I, I decided I was like, I got to stop drinking and stop doing drugs because I'm, I have a lot of money coming in, but I'm somehow still subletting a bedroom, right? This seems crazy to me. So I 
stopped drinking, stopped doing drugs, and I saved money. And I was able to um, take a big chunk of money and get my own apartment. I have a studio apartment in the Upper East Side. So I was able to do that. Um, and to and then you have to be... And, but I also, because I have comedy, like I'm also actively a, a working comedian and I have stuff coming out and I you know produce a show. And so I have... So I have income another way, I think, but you can see how easy it is to fall into if you're really young and you don't really have kind of a, a, a goal or, or a, a, a focus, like as far as a career or a thing you're working towards, that if you're just like, oh, this is a great way to make money, it is, but you can get trapped in that and it's really difficult to get out. It's really difficult to go from getting cash, lots and lots of cash for just like fucking people and a lot of times you are drinking to kind of, you know, make yourself emotionally okay with it. So you can now become addicted to substances. You get used to that cash. And then when you're, once you're tired, because it will wear you out. It will wear you out. And you're, it's, you're, it's based on your looks. So at some point, you're not going to look the same as you did when you were 23. And if you're drinking and doing drugs and out fucking and staying out late to try to deal with the emotional baggage that you are actively just like adding to your back every time you're with a new person you start to look really ravaged and now you're not attractive and now you're not making that kind of money, but now you've gotten used to this lifestyle where you're spending money, you know, whatever you get addicted to. So then you need to keep doing this stuff. It's, it's the same with like with drug dealing. And so you can see how you get stuck in that cycle of where you're like, well, I want to get a regular job and kind of go legit, but you've got this lifestyle and you're dependent on all this money. And so it's really hard to get out of that cycle. A lot of sex workers have a hard time getting out when they're older and that can really fuck with you. So if you're younger, I would say don't do it. Um, and not to sound, not to be like the boring, unfun mom, but I would say don't, I would say get a regular job, work, support yourself. I mean, it is, but it, just cause it's a lot, it's a lot to handle emotionally. And even for me trying to date now, I'm like, Oh, I can see I'm at the, about the three year mark. Two and a half, three years since I signed up for it. And I'm already like, oh, God, I'm so glad that I have projects coming out and I'm like making money from stand. I'm like, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Where I'm like, oh, now I'm financially solvent through my own work. Yeah. I'm like, thank fuck. Well, especially if, if, well, it's, <laughs> it's I mean, it's exhausting. It's fun, but it's emotionally very exhausting. But especially if you're younger, I guess, because you need to while you're well, like, so I'm 28, but I know how to survive off limited cash. Yes. And whereas if I had that opportunity quickly, I would have never learned those skills. I was researching this a bit before we talked to you just to see what I didn't think seeking arrangements was in Ireland. But apparently there's 10,000 members and most of them are college, young college uh, students. Yeah, and it's a you. It's it's this Ireland's the second biggest uh, participants of Seek after America. <gasps> really? I had no oh, idea. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. But see, that's what the guys that. So the guys that I um, know through the site, when that I dated through the site, when they would talk, they're like, yeah, there are a lot of, because a lot of these guys they're still on there. So like, I met them and I'm like, that's done. But they're so well that they're just always looking for like a different chick to fuck. So and that doesn't bother me. That's what I was gonna say earlier in a traditional relationship. I would get jealous, but in this, you part of the payment, part of the deal is like you are paid to not be jealous. So you have to just kind of be, it teaches you this weird skill of like, okay, so someone can be attracted to me and also attracted to someone that looks totally different to me, 
and that doesn't take away from my so that was actually a good lesson to learn so I don't feel in competition with other women you know because I would like he would be I would see he would show me a picture of some chick that he met on the site who's like 24 and just you know super curvy huge tits I'm I'm describing the opposite of my body (laughs) um but then he would be with her and then the next night be like oh my god I miss you I can't wait to see you and I yeah because we can have a fucking conversation well right yeah (laughs) we're right it's like I, I, she was showing me her Snapchat videos. I didn't really get it. <laughs> <laughs> right. But so you learn to be like, okay, so it's not, I don't have to be like threatened by other women. You know, you can be like, oh, everyone. And then you also learn that it's, so that was, but so that being said, they did tell me, and this is a big thing, is that young girls, call, they're using this as a way to pay off college debt or pay their way through college. And that to me seems scary. That, so, and I know, so this is going out to Ireland and this is the, okay. So ladies, listen up. <laughs> it is, seems fun and it is fun, but the emotional repercussions, you don't really, it's like when people start drinking and doing drugs at a young age, they say, and I never, uh, I didn't drink until I was legal. I drank a couple times before I didn't, I did cocaine the first time when I was 34 here in New York. I didn't really smoke weed. Um, so I think I did it the right way. <laughs> I started when I was older, I did it and I was like, okay. I've lived most of my life without it. And I'm like, this was really fun. And then after two years, I'm like, I'm fucking tired. I cannot do this. Um, but they say when you start doing drugs or you start drinking, you emotionally, you're emotionally stunted, right? So if you start doing drugs when you're a teenager, you're emotionally stuck in that age. And I think that doing sex work is a similar, does a similar thing to your brain. So it stunts your, your emotional growth and how you feel about sex. And it can really warp your view of sex and relationships. And so I would, so just emotionally, I would say, do not do it. Well, then also as well, I suppose if you're younger, let's say if you're like 20, 21 and you do it, and then when you do end up having a real relationship, you'd actually be more conditioned to kind of go with things and not really communicate what you want just because you're used to being kind of someone bossing you around. Yeah, I, you know what, you're, I was going to, but I think you're right. You're, you're probably absolutely right because with the younger women, yes. Now, I'm, when I started, I, I was like almost 35. Yeah. So at that point, I lived alone and so I really don't take a lot of shit from anyone. And when I was on the website, when I, I was, it's not like I just had started doing open mics. I'm not super famous, but like I have a fan base and I have a public, so like, you could Google me. People on there, a lot of women give fake names. I'm like, you can put my any photo of me, even if it's not on the internet, into Google Image Search and like videos and website, everything comes up. So I was very upfront. I was like, look, I'm a comedian. I'm a public, I like I'm a public figure. I'm pursuing this career. I'm like working. So I'm actively trying to become like very much in the public eye. So, and I let them know up front too. Even though you're paying me, comedy comes first. So, I'm not like I'm not a fake like I'm an artist but secretly just like I'm just trying to see how many rich guys I can fuck so I don't have to like get a job you know I just didn't want to not wear a name tag which I think is a lot of what people do none of them had any concern about discretion based on the fact that you're kind of public joking stuff like that um they a couple of them did the one guy was not married and he was like I think it's great and he would come to shows I wrote an article that I for women's health um, about having sugar daddy and the first guy that I met the Uber and the Equinox guy and I sent it to him and I was like, Hey, I, I can be anonymous, but if I, cause we go out publicly and he's like, I go, or I can put it under, he's like, put it under your name. I think it's great. It's a beautiful article and it's really sweet. It's so like, um, but then one person is a kind of high profile. And so I just, but I don't mention his name. 
Yeah. I mean, in comedy, they think we're lying anyway, so it's like, it could all be fake. Yeah. Uh, this whole, th- I could be making up this, I could be reading all of what I'm saying to you guys off of a script. Great the story. The listeners don't know. <laughs> I said I'm tired from a flight, but it's because I was up writing the story. Yeah. <laughs> She's never even had sex. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I would tell them, so I think it's different. Yeah, I'm a virgin. Can't you tell by my raspy voice? <laughs> I'm a virgin. Every time I think about sex, I just smoke a pack of cigarettes all at once. And I gargle with the filters. Um, but so that I think was different. So I didn't have the being super submissive and kind of doing what a guy said because I'm like, look, I'm already like a salty old, I'm not old, but like I'm a salty 35 year old and I go on stage and like yell at people. So I think in that sense I can see, but a younger girl, you know, so I would tell guys if we have plans and we're going out and if someone says, Hey, can you come to a spot? I'm doing the spot. Even if it's not paid, if it's a bar show with 10 people, I need you to know that that's my priority. And so that, that's why, so that's the guys that I dated. They're like, they, they thought that was great. So they were attracted to like, oh, you're actually pursuing something and they like that I'm, you know, like smart and driven or whatever. And comedy's interesting for people anyway. Oh, and especially these nerdy business guys, they feel like they're fucking a rock star, which they are because I'm cool as fuck. Do you have, you have, so you have no shame about it in your own self. Like when you say it out loud, you're never concerned about anybody's judgment of you. You're completely comfortable with the whole thing. No, no. And I am going to quote, because look, you guys are, you're listening in Ireland. Uh, you know, you're not going to be able to come see a set, but I'm going to throw you. Here's a joke. This isn't Katie's heard this joke a million times, because when I talk about this on stage, it's such an, it's a, it's um, kind of, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a hot topic, right? It's very salacious and it's unrelatable to most people. So when I am going to talk about it, the joke that I make on stage and it's 100% how I feel where people do, they get, are, aren't you ashamed? Yeah, that's the number one question is, you know, you're especially like as a feminist, kind of a mouthy feminist, um, aren't you ashamed to be paid for sex? And my honest answer is no, I'm not ashamed. Um, and this is a joke I say on stage, it loosens everybody's assholes. I say, no, I'm not ashamed at all. I'm 100% more embarrassed about all the people I fucked for free. So now we get a laugh and everybody relaxes and they go, oh yeah. And I'm like, yeah. You've been thinking about, I made out with a homeless guy once on a train and that's real. <laughs> that's not a joke for stage. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day. Like I made out with a homeless guy. I didn't know he's homeless. I was so drunk. And I remember being like, where's your stop? And he's like, wherever your stop is. And as I started to sober up, I was like, oh, this is a homeless person I'm making out with. Nothing against the homeless, but I'm just saying have some standards. Um, I actually quoted that joke to Des when we were, when I mentioned to ha- wanting yeah. to have you on. I love that joke. Yeah. Aren't you ashamed to be paid for sex? No, I'm a hundred percent more. Yeah. It's. But so there, I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of, but I think that um, girls going into it, especially young girls, just be aware of what you're doing and like understand that it can affect how you're, you see relationships down the road and it can, and, I, and I'm realizing this now, while you're in it, the self-esteem thing, you do feel great. Because I remember thinking, oh, my God, my, I don't have self-esteem. I'm, like, not self-conscious. When I date again normally, I'm going to – this is going to be great. Everything's going to be gone. Not the case. Because it's – this is a conversation I've been having. In the moment in those relationships, your self-esteem, you're like, what a self-esteem boost. I feel like a prize. I feel like a prize possession. But in the long run, it does not – do anything for real genuine self-esteem it doesn't fix that so it can actually be detrimental and i'm finding that out now where i'm like oh fuck i thought this you know so that's i'm like look i'm gonna keep messing with my hair unless you give me 20 bucks (laughs) (laughs) in in a way it's no surprise because you said like for some of these guys they're just not emotionally capable of having a relationship so they do this so it's no surprise that it doesn't help your emotional development right because it's the absence of emotion in a way absolutely 
Uh-huh, a hundred percent. So just if you're gonna do it, I mean I can't tell anyone to not do it. And I you know, I but just like think about it. It's like drugs and alcohol. It's like anything. Yes, it is can be fun and it's cool, but like if you wait till you're a little bit older and you're developed, just you know, or even it's also like going to college. Wait till you know what you want to do for a job. Yeah. Don't just start taking classes. You're gonna waste a lot of time and money. So then how do you how do you uh how do you folk or like take part in the debate? Like I noticed like particularly amongst the feminist community or all of us, whatever, people that care, there seems to be quite the split about sex work. Yeah. Uh, how do you? Well, here's, so this is an interesting thing because I understand that the trafficking, right? So people come at it from, well, we want to stop sex trafficking. Great. On board. I think that's great. Sex trafficking is terrible and illegal and uh, it, it should be illegal and it's a nightmare and those people are evil and bad guys um also though indentured servitude go to your local nail salon a lot of those people that's indentured servitude when i worked on a cruise ship as a personal trainer those people were brought over from tiny islands they're working as housekeepers they're working 18 hour days they don't get breaks and they're threatened like if you don't sell this lotion you're gonna go back to your fucking rice patty like i've been in those meetings in this it's crazy so indentured servitude and human trafficking is happening in lots of other businesses sex trafficking and this is especially in america it's a big conversation and all around the world there's this pure big conversation ireland also is it mm-hmm. and it, well yeah i guess because it's a puritanical thing because people with sex that's the one thing that no matter your views politically and any other realm that's one thing that people can agree on is like whores are bad Right. It's like the scarlet letter. And so you can kind of scapegoat on sex workers. And if you do it under the guise, because uh, it, it's kind of the embodiment of there's a lot of shame around sex, I think, in, in puritanical cultures where and so there's there's shame there. And so we can shame the sex workers and be like, they're bad people and they're whores. But you go, like, but it's service. And it's literally the oldest profession. And it's so but it's an easy thing to kind of scapegoat. And that's one thing that everybody can agree on is like, let's get these hookers out of here. And what's interesting is they're not targeting the Johns. So if they were to be like, okay, if well, they are, they just changed the law in Ireland. What's the law in Ireland now? It's uh, they, they're going to target the Johns. Okay. It, before it was, it wasn't illegal to buy sex. It was only illegal to sell it. See, but now they've yeah. changed it to being illegal to buy. See if they did that, because what happens is you punish the the providers, which is what, you know, we call the sex workers, you call them providers. So, and a lot of times those are women. And a lot of times those especially are women of color and are transgender. So you've got like the women and then like the, the most, the women that are struggling the most in those parts of society. So when you punish a provider, it's a very, people see it as a lot of like, you're just harassing women. And what's interesting to me is, and here's what's so backwards about that. Cause if you, if you're like, Hey, we're going to penalize the guys for paying for it then I think that's, if you, if you tell the men you are going to be penalized and go to jail and arrested or ticketed for buying sex, then sex work would stop. But to harass the providers, those are people that are almost always already struggling. And here's what's so back, here's what's so fucked up to me about it, especially in these society, like Ireland, I'm not sure, so, but I, I imagine it's similar to in America. Little girls are born. We are taught, save yourself for marriage, right? You save, you don't get to have sex until you get married, right? There's a lot of shame around it. And men, it's like celebrated. And this is, you know, over talked about. But where if a dude fucks a bunch of chicks in it, you know, different chicks, he's a hero and he's a stud. And if a chick does it, she's a slut and she's used up. So there's that double standard. So it seems backwards to me if as a woman, when I was as a little girl, I was raised to be like, don't have sex. That thing between your legs, that's the most valuable thing that you have. And that's the only thing that men want. 
So you save it till you get married. So if I'm basically told I have gold in my body, why would I not monetize it? Do you know? And then, so then there's all this weird shame around it. So it's like, that would be dumb for me to not monetize it. And we're told, because no one's ever like, hey, men really, okay, Katie, Wendy, okay, you're going on a date. Now, boys really like smart, funny women. Yeah. So when you go out, you can fuck him and suck his dick, but do not do your A material. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure he eats your pussy really good and then do your, and then throw out your good jokes. Wait till like the fourth date to let him know you can read. Uh, Like it's not that, there's not that. And so it's this weird thing where we're told how precious it is and how special it is. So I'm like, I'm in love with this guy. And he's some like struggling artist and you have to work your job to support him. Your parents would be like, fuck you. Yeah. Meet some guy with a job that can take care of you. So we're told, save yourself for marriage. So don't give your pussy away until you meet a guy that can pay, pay for you to like have a house and support you. So, okay. So I'm, wait a minute. So then I, it means I have to emotionally be tied in with someone that I may not be in love with. I mean, I get it. That to get that, a- but it's like a shortcut way to be like, oh, wait, but how about I can just be like, you seem cool. Oh, you can help support my rent for this month. And I have sex with you a couple times. And then I can pursue my own career and be an independent person beyond that. That to me seems like a shortcut, kind of like a smarter way to do it. I mean, I get it that there's a double standard, but there doesn't seem to be some, there doesn't seem to be unity amongst, uh, you know, people that care about women, you no. know, which like, there doesn't seem to be a unity around uh, supporting sex work or, uh, enabling something that's negative. Right. Well, no, there's a weird, especially in the feminists, it's very interesting. And that's, I really did have like a backlash from chicks when I started talking about it on stage and writing about it because they really are. That's that they're like, we thought you were a feminist. I'm like, okay, the definition of a feminist is that we believe women are like equal to men and we should be able to do whatever the fuck we want. So in that theory, I am doing whatever I want with my body. As, as a feminist, I should be able to have an abortion if I want. I should be able to keep a cake, be able to do whatever I want. So I should also be able to use my body to make money if I choose to. That's like, so to me, I don't understand. I don't see, but it comes down to, and I hate to use this term because it's so overused, but it just comes down to just like slut shaming. It's very weird. Yeah. It's I- so strange that, yeah, you have these like, progressive feminists but people that are like we support women we support women and then it gets to the part where it's like okay great well i'm gonna give this guy's gonna give me a thousand bucks to for me to to fuck me then they're like oh you should be ashamed it's like but wait why why what i i I mean i don't understand i i assume uh, that they're suggesting in some way that you're denying or belittling the stats around sex trafficking and that you're sort of involved in an industry where people are being exploited um uh, then that's false because i'm not involved in that industry i'm an independent contractor i don't work for i don't work in a brothel i've never worked in a brothel um i don't support sex trafficking in any way shape or form i so that that would be the same as someone saying to me um so when do you support um people jacking off you you do stand-up comedy so that means you guys all support um people jerking off in front of openers and like raping women in green rooms what no well but you're a comic and that person that did it is also a comedian so so that to me is the same logic it's like no no, no we're different fucking people also it's totally different but also it has it is an app where if something happens 
there is people responsible like it, it seems like if it's down to this app it's a little bit more safer right and it's not as well, seeking arrangements seeking arrangements you can track people yeah. so i understand but that's the same but you can say that in any industry like my parents that's i was in la my dad is retired he's a police officer my family are all cops so there are some cops who are terrible and actively become police officers so that they can just beat the shit out of people and murder black people and they're terrible and they are secretly like dealing drugs and they act like mafia not all cops are like that so you can't say, oh, you became a cop, so you're part of the... Pro-. It's like, no, 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 but I'm a good cop. So you can't, but to lump that in, and I understand the logic that I, I, you can see where people want to just lump everybody in, but it's like, how me going out and dating two dudes who are cool and rich and want to help me cover rent, so that, how that, I have zero, I have absolutely nothing to do with someone who's running a sex trafficking ring. I'm not, Wendy Starling is not responsible for that. Well, and so I, it's like, do you know what I'm saying? But people can't separate it because it's easier to just be like, well, let's just get rid of it. So you can't say, okay, so because they're bad cops, we just abolish the police department. But no, what I, um, do you know what I think is really interesting? I dated a guy over here where I paid for his rent. I paid for his meals because he what? didn't have money. And so that's, it, is he an escort actually in hindsight? Well, you know, so what's the, di- just because yeah. we didn't have a label on it. Right. It's interesting because you look at that and that's in a relationship when you, and I've done that with boyfriends where I'd help pay for stuff and have cleaning people. So in a really, and even in friendships, if you and I were going out and I was like, I want to go to dinner and you're like, I don't have money. I'd be like, I have money. I'll just buy you dinner. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. like in a, when you're with the, someone in any kind of relationship and you care about them or you like them you like spending time with them if you want to do something and they don't have the money to cover it you just be like i'll cover this for you because i the thing is it's not and i've done that with friends and i've had friends do that with me where you know someone you know someone books a gig or someone does something and especially in comedy like someone just all that has has a windfall of money then they pay for drinks or food or whatever vacation whatever and then when you get something big, then you cover them. And in romantic relationships, I think it's silly for people to deny that in traditional heteronormative relationships, the man pays for dinner and it's a kind of in a group where the guy pays for stuff. So this is just you cut out all the emotional ties of like, and now we got to do this for 10 years and have kids. So I wanted to ask you, because actually we've been chatting for eight. <laughs> I think there will be, as women get more powerful and more sort of financially independent, will there be an increase in uh, female desire for you know, male companionship? Um, I, I mean, I've thought about it because I thought about what I do that. And it is the nice thing about it. And I hate to quote Car- uh, Charlie Sheen um, or Carly Sheen, which is not a person. But Charlie <laughs> Sheen, and this is his quote. And this is so he's like, you don't pay a hooker for sex. You pay them to leave. Yeah, that is not his quote, by the way. That who is said like that? that's just that's, been around. That's probably, okay. Yeah, that, he's that, the one who said it. But that's like a time. That's that's one of those. That's one of those old, you know. Yeah, it's one of those classic lines classic of you lines pay them you to learn leave in Sunday school, right? So you pay them to leave, and that I can see that being like, I could see paying a guy if I wanted to, just like have a good time, paying some, just being like, hey, let's go to dinner. I mean. I can't say that I haven't done that with a couple friends. There have been times where it's like, I just want to go out and I'm like, but you, and I felt weird about that too, where I'm a hand with someone like, do you want to go to dinner? And they're like, sure. And it's like, I'll just pay for it. And it was like a gay friend, like a young gay male friend of mine, which is hilarious. We're friends now, but it's funny because I remember first, I remember being like, he's fun to hang out with, but I'm like, what does he want to hang out with like a 36 year old 
woman for and I felt like this old bag and he's just like this fun like you know we didn't fuck or anything but I was like come on I'll pay for dinner and then I was like oh I get this feels like an escort thing where I'm just like I'm paying you to hang out with me <laughs> you know it's like but you can see that because um yeah I don't see why not it's the only thing would be women tend to be and this is something else for young girls listening to think about not all women and it is most women that's general most women are emotionally attached to sex. I have, so that's where I think a lot of women would not pay for it because they're emotionally attached to it. The majority of men see getting off and fucking as almost like, you know, taking a shower or smoking a cigarette. It's just like something you do just to do because you just got to come. And so they don't, that's why a lot of men, if they, they, they'll cheat, they're still in love with their primary partner or their spouse and then they fuck someone and they're being like, no, no, it was just sex and the women lose their mind because to women, sex is like, that's an emotional connection but to dudes, it's like, I just was horny and then just there was the person and like, I don't give a shit and it's just fucking and so, I don't, that's where I think a lot of women wouldn't pay for it because it's the emotional thing and that's another reason why I think and this is something you have to be honest with yourself about if you're going to go into, go on seeking arrangements or even just have, be a chick that's like having casual sex because you want to like be cool and have boys like you. If you're not into casual sex, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't. It will fuck you up. I, and I'm not trying to say this to like get everybody turned on. You know, I know we're at the, probably cl- we're close to wrapping this up, but this is, I honestly, I masturbate probably four times a day. I'm have a sex drive like a man. I always, I joke, I'm like, I'm like a gay, I have a, I'm like a gay man in a woman's body. I do, like, sex can be emotionally bonding for me. I also do not give a shit. I'm like, let's just fuck. When I've dated some, like, I've dated people and it can be like where I would just, I'm just in a shitty mood and I'm just irritated. And I'd be like, kind of in a fight. And I'd be like, why are you being such a bitch? I'm like, well, because you didn't fuck me last night. When I lived <laughs> with boyfriends, if I had sex less than three times a day, I mean, it was a fight. So... I'm hyper hypersexual, and so I would pay for it because I view sex as like not as just like a thing. It's like yeah, this is a fun activity, and I we got I gotta get off. And that's why even with guys where they're like, if it's like not an attractive guy to me, I'm like whatever. Someone's touching me. It's like what guys make the joke of like if it's a chick is like kind of ugly, you're like I'll just close my eyes. I've done that where I'm just like I could close my eyes and get fucked and still have an orgasm. I I someone's touching me. Like so that's a unique thing that a lot. And he of holds a goal. We say in Ireland. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So that, I mean, so that would be that type of a woman would pay for But it, I, think I think that's as well because you're actually getting off. A lot of women aren't getting off. So yeah. they associate with all this effort and energy again with like some sort of love connection. So if you're actually, yeah, I don't know. I just. If you're actually coming, then sex is, if you can come, then sex is great. But yeah, a lot of women see it as like, I'm having sex. I'm giving my body as like an investment in the future of a relationship or mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, then like this will be, we can build a life together. I, I legitimately 100% will be I, I just like to come I, I mean that's so my female rub and rub business isn't going to take off is that what you're no. saying no <laughs> my, my, my female happy ending business is not going to happen oh my god I did not know what that was <laughs> a that's, a jo- that's a joke because rub and tug is the that's what they call the Asian massage places yeah. rub and tugs you can get so, a rub and rub yeah, like rub that. and rub yeah. oh I picked up on that oh yeah yeah it's a rub and rub yeah no I mean I think no women would, I would pay for that I think women would pay for that if you're going in to lay down and get a massage and just have some dude touch at your body at the end yeah and then it's because the massage is nice because it's like just a man being quiet (laughs) and like touching your body and they have to touch like the fat parts even on the side and they can't be like gross (laughs) and you'll be like I haven't shaved and they're like that's fine and you're just like fuck yeah it is (laughs) so that's kind of you could do that women would pay for that to get fingered after the end of having a guy touch you 
Well, that's yeah. Yeah, if you're ladies, th- write in. Women of Ireland, yeah. write in. Would you pay money? This is a hypothetical joke, by right. the way. It just oh, <laughs> I'm on my laptop opening an LLC. Yeah, I'm gonna start. You should have told me. Rub and rub is my business. I, I've I've already uh, trademarked. Told me. I just bought all the domain names. <laughs> I'm on my laptop. I'm sober now, so I have a lot of energy. <laughs> Welcome to Ireland. Well, anyway, we've we've really <laughs> taken a lot of your time. Thank you. This was amazing. Thank you guys for having me. They, this was so fun. I'm glad we did this. Thank you. Yeah. Hopefully, oh. it was interesting to the people listening. And did they ever ask you to do stuff like that book um, that all the people were reading, the sex book? What was it called? Fifty Shades of Grey. And oh God, that book they, is so boring. I've, I know. I was doing that before I did Seeking Arrangements. I didn't get past chapter eight because I was like, this isn't. Well, I just it's no BDS and M. I'm super into. I oh. like. Oh, you're into the, it. Oh yeah, I used to sell my panties off Craigslist before the sugar daddy stuff. Yeah. I mean, I just, I genuinely, I love sex. I think it's fun. So like, I'm not, I don't have hangups about it. Like I genuinely, like, I think it's all really fun and it feels good. Mm. So if you have that attitude about it, but it's like anything. So that's, if you have shame attached to sex or you, if you feel that shame thing, then I would say, do not go in, don't, do not sign up for seeing arrangements. Cause it's just going to come like compound that. But I have no shame about anything I've done sexually. I just, I just think it's good. I, think, ugh, I love it. And it's so- like having dessert, you know, I'm like, it's like ice cream. Did you make a lot of money when you were selling your underwear? Um, 50 bucks a pair, all profit, because I was interning, or I was uh, temping at a fashion aid, like a fashion firm, and I worked in the underwear department. <laughs> so what's the idea behind it? It's like, this is my underwear, smell it and jerk off? Like, is that the idea? Yeah, they're just into it. So I would just masturbate into it, and then I would just jerk off into it and come into it. Because again, I'm jerking off four times a day anyway. Like on my lunch break, I would jerk off. I just get Oh, horny. so it has to have some sort of like aroma, some sort of yeah. sense of use. Yeah. Wow. And then how do you give it to them? Though? I would meet them in a coffee shop. Oh, you have to wow. meet them, right? You don't have to. You can mail it to them. But I was here in Manhattan, and they're like good-looking dudes. I had three regulars. I never fucked them, but they're just like hot. They're just like good-looking, super hot dudes in business suits. And I'd walk in on my break, and we'd meet in a coffee shop, and I would um, go in the bathroom and slide my panties off, put it in a plastic bag, put on a fresh pair, and then do a little shake handshake, and they give you 50 bucks, and I give them, like a drug deal. Wow. And it was like fun. But see, again, like I like that. So if you so that's I think where I'm unique in that it didn't it's not super damaging to me because I'm like even when I got sober people like you can still like fuck and do all this crazy stuff because the one guy the super rich guy like he's really into you know and like it would be stuff he's really into making me come so I mean I really hit the jackpot this is super rich guy Equinox but he's just like I just want to make you come so I was like this is amazing so he would just go down on me and then he like a Hitachi and then like a glass dildo he would just like we would just hang out pull out all the stops yeah what is Natachi? uh Hitachi is the vibrator which is oh. too intense for me because I come very easily so I would, I'm like, I, I mean, I would just like screaming orgasms and like we, it was a real thing where he would lay down like an extra sheet cause it would, I would, so like, but I like doing that. That's fun for me. So I would do that anyway. And a know? glass dildo you said. Yeah. So like, I think it's fun. Is that not dangerous? It's not like a, it's not like a, it's not like a bottle that he broke. It's, it's. <laughs> okay. Maybe I am too innocent for the podcast. Des, don't fire me. <laughs> oh, it's funny, man. <laughs> is that not dangerous? Oh, it's the health and safety issues now with some of the things you'd be getting into. And the glasses Did actually. Did you ever rip your other hole? <laughs> All my holes are still intact. And actually, and this is a misnomer that it gets looser. It gets tighter because if you're coming when women, when we, when you orgasm, and now I'm showing a visual aid to the listeners with my hand, when you come, your uh, vaginal walls flex and they contract. So when you're coming, if you're coming a lot, your pussy actually gets tighter the more you come and the more you fuck. Nice. So take that to the bank. Ending thought. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. It's nice you. meeting you. <laughs> so thanks very much to Wendy 
for being on the podcast. Thanks to Katie Boyle. Katie Boyle is at Katie Boyle Comic uh, on Instagram. Add her. She's looking to get to 20,000 followers. Um, and also, I am at Des Bishop on Instagram. And we are very open to feedback on this episode. You know, when I listen back to the episode, I have tons more questions. And um, I guess that's part of the process. I mean, I... I I actually chatted with my cousin uh, after after this, and she is, um, you know, she would definitely probably have have more critical questions to ask Wendy, which is totally fine. And I think I think this opens us up to a wonderful debate, which I would like to have uh, again on the podcast about the the sort of uh, the very aggressive reaction that people have on different sides of the argument around sex work. Uh, my cousin Sinead had mentioned to me that uh, because she's critical of this uh, blasé sort of argument that uh, anyone who's critical of sex work is a swerf, a sex worker, exclusionary, radical feminist. Uh, so we didn't get into the swerfs. Um, you may be more familiar with the term TERF, which is trans-exclusionary radical feminist. But anyway, my point is that my cousin Sinead brought up some very interesting topics around how if you're critical of sex work, then you're a swerf. However, uh, the, on the sex work side, I guess people suggest that there's a puritanical attitude, which Wendy uh, discussed a little bit there. So I guess my point is after listening to it, I find it really interesting to just get her insight and her experience, and I would like to possibly have a debate in the future. So myself and Katie will get on that, and perhaps in a future episode not that far away, we may uh, discuss this issue further. Uh, I'm sure some people might be critical and say, oh, you weren't critical enough or you didn't ask enough questions. But, you know, sometimes it's just interesting to hear somebody's perspective. And at the end of the day, the chat is what it is, you know. And uh, you can always start your own podcast and ask the questions that you want to ask. Although, I, I totally get it because I have more questions that I want to ask. And I will ask them again in the future as we revisit uh, this subject. Anyway, I'm blabbling here. I'm, I'm babbling. I'm babbling. I'm blabbing. I'm blabbing. Uh, and I'm aware that Katie's not here. And uh, we will sort out the technology that will make uh, these intros and outros a little bit tidier. But needless to say that uh, you have to add Katie Boyle at Katie Boyle Comic on Instagram. I am at Des Bishop on Instagram. And we're looking for tons of feedback. Now, we got a great load of feedback for our next episode, which came uh, from a question that we put out at the end of episode two. And we revisit that. And there will be plenty of episodes in the future that sort of work this way. We put out a question or two on Instagram, and then we discuss it. Uh, thanks to uh, thanks to all the future feedback. Uh, this is episode four, but these are all going up together. Uh, so really, this is very much the end of the beginning. These are our first four introductory episodes. And uh, we thank you all for listening. Spread the word. Like us on iTunes. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And uh, we'll chat to you next app. It's just me and Katie next app chatting about uh, the question we put at the end of episode two, which is, is it cool to kiss a woman after you've just gone down on her? And various other uh, incidents uh, that arose from that. So thanks, guys. Chat soon. Hold up. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.